When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's August 20th, 2021, and you are invited to join me and my lovely friend, sort of awesome regular Katie Proctor. You guys know that if Katie is here, we're going to be talking books and reading. And Katie had the very awesome idea for us to talk about all kinds of great reads that get us in the mood for the back to school season. So whether you yourself have kids that are headed back to school right now, or maybe it's just this time of year that kind of makes you nostalgic for all of your old school days, you're going to love this book discussion today. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, awesomes, to the show that is all about helping you find conversation, friendship, and community. If you've been looking for an amazing group of women to connect with, a community that will support you no matter what age or stage of life you're in, I'm so happy to tell you that you have come to the right place. And speaking of places, we'd love to have you join our online community in all of the places. So come hang out with us on Facebook. It's truly the heart of our awesome community over on the Sorta Awesome Hangout group on Facebook. Or come see what we have going on over on Instagram. We've got episode updates for you, discussions. We go live so we can hang out with you guys in real time. Just come on over to at Sorta Awesome Show. We'd love to have you join us over there. Katie Proctor, welcome back to Sorta Awesome. How are you? I'm great, Meg. Thanks so much for having me back. This is so fun. I am so thankful that you were able to make a little time in your very busy schedule to come and talk books and reading, especially with our back to school theme, because you yourself, Ms. Proctor, are headed back to school too, aren't you? I am. I'll be teaching fifth grade literature and writing, which is like my dream. So I'm really excited to get back in the classroom. So fun. And I'm so excited for you. So obviously back to school is on your mind as you're getting your classroom ready, getting ready to go back to the classroom. Lots of us are sending our kids back to school. My older two have already started back to their school campuses. My twins and I are starting a new adventure in homeschooling this year. And we know lots of the awesomes are either sending their kids back or it's just around the corner for them. So we thought let's put together an episode where we talk about some of our favorite books that take place in an actual school setting, kind of that back to school theme. You guys, I hope you're ready. (laughs) Good news. All of these titles we're going to talk about, they're all going to be in the show notes. Don't feel like you have to take notes, but oh my goodness, get ready for an absolute fire hose of awesome reading goodness ahead today. I know Katie and I have some really fun lists put together. 
So Katie, I want to get to all of that. But first, we do need to start this show the way we always do. And that's with our awesomes of the week. If you're new to sort of awesome, awesome of the week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever's awesome in life right now, whether it is a book or a TV show, music, a movie, maybe a podcast, whatever's making life a little happier for us right now. Katie, what you got for awesome of the week this week? Okay, so I try not to bring books to Awesome of the Week because we talk about books the rest of the time, but this time I couldn't help it because this book does not really fit our theme today, but I have to gush a little bit about it. Okay. So this is a memoir and it is written by Brandy Carlisle, who's a <gasps> singer-songwriter. Yeah. And it's called Broken Horses. Mm-hmm. And she is not very old and sometimes memoirs about young people can be kind of really, you're like in your 30s, you're writing a memoir, come on. But her story She goes from telling us about her childhood, growing up in an evangelical setting and what it was like to come out as gay in that community. And with her family, she talks about how the music got started and her band that she was in and that she's still, I think she's still with the same two guys that she almost started with. I think there was a group before and then she's with these guys. She talks about how her family kind of emerged and how she met her wife and how they had their kids. And she also talks about her friendships with musicians that this was probably my favorite part. Like she's friends with Elton John and I oh. love it so much. Like it's yes. random, but I love it so much. She's friends with Joni Mitchell. She met Joni Mitchell and Joni Mitchell has kind of a sad story. And she met with Joni Mitchell and she asked her if she could cover some of her songs. And then she ended up doing this like tribute concert and Joni Mitchell oh, wow. showed up. I mean, there's just so many amazing mm. stories in here. There's a scene with Dolly Parton that literally <gasps> made me sob my eyes out. Stop it. In the middle of making Stop it right now. I'm going to cry just thinking about it. Oh my gosh. So, and you know, she talks a lot about women in the music industry and how it's really hard for women in the music industry and all the things that she's done to kind of boost those women that are so talented. So I love this book. I did it on audio, which I would absolutely recommend because at the end of each chapter, she sings an acoustic song. She's either playing the piano or with her guitar. And sometimes it's her original stuff. Sometimes like she sings an Elton song, she sings a Dolly Parton song. And then like the last two hours of the whole audiobook are straight music. And it's all <gasps> the music that you've heard at the end of the chapters, but it's all put together Oh my gosh. at the end. So I listened to this from the library, but I immediately bought a copy for myself, which I never really buy audiobooks because I don't really re-listen to them. But this one I had to own so that I could just play those last two hours over and over on repeat. I just loved it. Oh my gosh, I am sold. So many people have been talking about how fantastic this memoir is. And it's people I trust, for sure. I trust their reading taste. But this is probably the most glowing wonderfully gushing review that I've heard yet. <laughs> Katie, I am sold. I will get it like immediately. Yes. That's good. <laughs> So great. Okay. So, and what was the name of the title again? Broken Horses. Broken Horses by Brandy Carlisle. Like I said, we'll have links for everything in the show notes. My awesome of the week this week, that's a little turn from Brandy Carlisle and her <laughs> lovely songwriting. <laughs> Katie, we're going back to the world of low crime for right. my awesome of the week. It is a podcast. You know, earlier this year, I talked about how much I loved the low crime podcast series. Do you know Mordecai? Mm -hmm. Which lots of the awesomes went and listened to. It is a quick binge listen. And we kind of started talking in the community about this sort of genre of low crime where it is, there's a crime story involved, but nobody gets murdered. And so this one I am super loving. It is from the production company Campsite Media. 
and it's called Chameleon Colon High Rollers. Mm. I recently talked about this with the superstars in one of our overflow episodes, but I just keep telling people like, you guys should go listen to this. It does not sound that great on the surface. It's one of those like, is this real life kind of stories? The low crime part is not only just like a kind of sort of petty criminal, but also FBI agents who are oh. doing some kind of naughty things, Katie. Oh, that's <laughs> kind of fun. Yeah, it is. It really is. So it basically covers the story. There's 10 episodes. It's season two of a podcast called Chameleon. It's 10 episodes. And it covers the story of a man who was the target of an FBI sting. Then at the end of this whole sting, the whole story, like nobody gets arrested. It was kind of a bust. But the FBI spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on this sting It was ultimately just about a guy who was falsely accused and then really set up by the FBI for money laundering. So this was a whole fascinating world to me. Yeah, actually, it's like one of those things like you always hear like people, especially in mafia movies or whatever, talk about money laundering. Katie, I didn't know how it worked. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how it works. So maybe I need to go listen to it. It's very interesting. But they really explain like, how do you launder money? And then You get all of these insights into the inside world of the FBI, some fascinating things, some things that are going to make you mad. I'm sure the vast majority of FBI agents are out there doing their job, doing their thing, but these were not good FBI agents. Anyway, it's just fascinating. It's hosted by a man named Trevor Aronson. He's a really great storyteller. And even if on the surface you're like, "Mm, I don't know, Las Vegas, it's gambling, it's money laundering. Just trust me, it is a truly great binge listen. The episodes are pretty short. You can just kind of click through them. So again, it is season two of a podcast called Chameleon and the whole season is called High Rollers. So Sounds like it might be good for some more sensitive people who like yes. true crime, but nobody has to die. So <laughs> that sounds like a perfect middle ground. Exactly. Nobody dies. Nobody even gets kidnapped. It is just some, yeah, like I said, petty crime, but a fascinating story all the same. Sounds good. So those are awesomes of the week for us. We always want to know what is awesome in your life. And there's two places that you can come and talk to us about that. First, like I said, over on Instagram, it's sort of awesome show. Every week we have an awesome of the week thread. We love to hear from our awesomes of Instagram about what's awesome in their life and our longstanding tradition in the Sort of Awesome Hangout group on Friday mornings. We have an Awesome of the Week thread over there and just all kinds of awesome discussions throughout the week in our Hangout group. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash Sort of Awesome Hangout to find us there. All right, Katie, we got a lot of book talk ahead of us. I can't wait. Yep. We're going to get to all of that when we come right back. This episode is brought to you by Bitty Baby from American Girl. Okay, as I record this for you, my eight-year-old twins are caught up in an elaborate story they made up about a character named Mr. Cheese. As every parent knows, children of all ages love to play pretend, and parents know the stories children act out help shape the people they will grow to be. That's why it's so important to provide your little ones with toys that foster those nurturing traits of love, kindness, and care. Over the past few weeks, I've been sharing with you all how I have seen these traits of kindness and nurturing come alive in my kids as 
as they've played with our bitty baby, who was named Buddy, by our two-year-old Nico. I have loved seeing my older kids model for Nico how to take care of a baby. From feeding, dressing, and playing with Buddy to tucking him into sleep, Nico learned so much from the big kids with Buddy at the center of their play. And even though my bigger kids would say they are too old for dolls, I can't help but to notice how much fun they have with Nico and his Bitty Baby, and I can't blame them. Bitty Babies are so huggable and have the sweetest little details. There's no doubt Bitty Baby will be played with for years to come around here. And this year, Bitty Baby is getting a whole new look with new designs and colors plus matching clothes for girls so she can coordinate her look. And you'll find all the modern accessories and real wood furniture needed to support the story moments that your child explores and enrich their creativity all along the way. Teach your child that kindness is the ultimate gift with Bitty Baby. You can get an exclusive one-time offer of 15% off your order of Bitty Baby products with promo code AWESOME at AmericanGirl.com. That's AmericanGirl.com promo code AWESOME. Exclusions include 18-inch dolls, Courtney Arcade, and Bitty Baby furniture. See AmericanGirl.com slash podcast for details. Friends, today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Time spent searching for and interviewing the wrong candidates for a job opening could be time better spent growing a business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get to the candidates worth interviewing faster, and it's free. Bringing new people onto Team Sorta Awesome is the number one thing that has allowed us to grow over the years, and finding the right person for each position on the team has been a huge part of that success. You can create a free job post in minutes on on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 750 million people. Focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need. Use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people, and then use the simple tools on LinkedIn jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash awesome. That's linkedin.com slash awesome to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Katie, I am so thankful, so thankful for this idea that you had. Every time you come to Sort of Awesome, we're talking books and reading. And I think this is so funny because, but I was a classroom teacher a long, long time ago. You've been a teacher, you're going back to the classroom. I think that we kind of tend to think in themes, especially those of us who are in the language arts world, right? For sure. (laughs) So you had such a fun idea for us with this particular season that we're in, which is back to school, August, September range for people. Even if you don't have kids, even if your school days are a long time ago, I think that there's something kind of built into us, like this is the time to think about a fresh start and a fresh new school year and those types of things. So Katie and I thought about books that take place, their settings are either in school or maybe they're like school adjacent. And Katie thought, why don't we kick it off with the classics? Like what are some of the books that many of us have read that have some kind of school aspect to them. So why don't you start our list with some back to school classic genre books? Well, this isn't a classic, but I want to mention that I, the reason I thought of this episode is because I used to, as a kid after about eighth grade, I used to reread the first Harry Potter book every single summer because I loved him going to get his 
school supplies. And even though I was not getting like a cauldron and an owl for my school supplies, <laughs> I really loved that whole getting ready to go back to school, studying classes, the fresh paper and all the pens. I'm a school supply lover. So yes. that whole book would get me in the mood to go back to school. And so that's why I kind of wanted to do this. But another one that is a true classic that I love is Anne of Green Gables because the scene where she's in the schoolhouse and Gilbert calls her carrots and she smashes her slate, you know, over his head. And then they're walking home with their lunch pails and just that whole one room school room kind of thing made me so happy. So that's one of my favorite school classics, even though it's really not all about school, but has some great school scenes. And then another one that I used to read every single year with my fourth graders is called The Hundred Dresses by Eleanor Estes. And this book was published in 1945. And it's about a little Polish girl who's at a school in America. And the girls aren't very nice to her because she tells them that she has a hundred dresses in her closet, but she only ever wears one to school. And then it becomes kind of this teasing game. And the point of view is told from the girls who are teasing her. And so we don't really get to see her point of view, but we get to hear the other girls as they kind of process going through that. And so that is such a great beginning of the school year book about, you know, how to treat people and how to not be prejudiced and all that kind of stuff. So I love reading that one aloud. And it's really short. It would be a really good one to read aloud with a kid. I mean, it's like six chapters and it's illustrated. So it would not take a parent or teachers very long to go through it with anybody. I love that book. Oh my goodness. I had not heard of that one and it sounds absolutely charming. And like you said, it probably really does pack a powerful lesson. Mm -hmm. Even in 1945, authors bringing us into this idea of embracing others and accepting others and those Mm -hmm. types of things. So really love that. The first thing that came to mind when I was thinking about school setting and in classic books, I'm sure there are many that we could have chosen. I thought of A Separate Piece by John Knowles. Oh, I love <laughs> Most of us here in the United States, I say most, here's a funny thing. Between my husband and I, we both grew up in Oklahoma in small towns. I'll say, well, you know, when you read blah, blah, blah in high school, and he's like, I never read that. And I'll be like, <laughs> you are kidding me. Everybody read that. And he'll be like, no. And he'll do the same thing. He'll be like, didn't you read this? Mm-hmm. So when I say most of us, I will say maybe if you grew up in school in the United States, you read a separate piece by John Knowles as a quick reminder, or if you did not ever get a chance to read it, it's a really lovely, just sort of quintessential coming of age historical fiction novel. I think I read it as a student when I was a sophomore, and I know I taught this novel when I was teaching sophomore English. So it's both a book that's based in school and a nostalgia read for me. But so it's set in World War II era United States at a boys boarding school in the Northeast. And it tells the story of best friends, Jean and Finney, and how their friendship becomes strained over time by competition and jealousy. We have Gene, who is the protagonist of the story. He's more introverted. He's more academically minded. And then Finney is more extroverted and he's super, super into sports. They're best friends, but it really shows how jealousy kind of infects their friendship, particularly from Gene's perspective and him being jealous of Finney. And so he really tries to like show how superior he is over Finia, everything, especially with academics. So again, just as a reminder, this isn't really a spoiler because this book is decades old. 
<laughs> but there's like a questionable accident. Finney falls out of a tree, he breaks his leg. Then he suffers from another fall, which leads to a surgery. Finney ends up dying, but not before the two boys have a heartfelt conversation and really are able to forgive each other for everything that caused their friendship to be strained. And so even though it's set against the backdrop of World War II and war, I think this book is really appropriately aimed at and read by high schoolers because there's also, you know, the it's sort of universal to experience things like jealousy and competition in friendship. And so it really kind of unpacks what that looked like in their friendship and how things like bitterness and resentment can kind of take hold and poison a really good friendship. So I think it's it's great as a standalone book, but I remember having like really good conversations with students about this book because it is, like I said, it's just such a universal thing to struggle with that when you are really discovering who you are as a person and kind of comparing yourself to your friends and those types of things. So again, that's John Knowles's classic novel, A Separate Piece. So oh, good. I remember reading that one in high school and just stopping collectively as a class. We yes. got to the end, but very good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. One of those I had to practice reading out loud. Yes. <laughs> so that I could like get through the sobs myself. <laughs> okay. Well, the next section that we want to talk about are middle grade novels. So if you're new to this genre, we've talked about them a couple of times here on sort of awesome, but middle grade is just what you would think. And Katie. I was asking you as we were preparing for the show, what technically is that age range of middle grade? So I think of middle grade kind of as like a fourth to eighth grade kind of thing. And you're going to have younger readers that can read middle grade. And lots of adult readers love middle grade. My mom, who's been retired, you know, for a couple of years, all she wants to read lately is middle grade just because it's so sweet and hopeful. And even though there's hard things, it's always good. So, and I like to think of when I'm reading a book and say, is this middle grade? Is it YA? Because sometimes those lines can be kind of blurry. I try to just think about the age of the protagonist, which is the general rule. So if your protagonist is 11 or 12, it's probably a middle grade book. There are some obviously exceptions, but in general, if it's not geared toward, obviously geared toward an adult audience in the present with the kid when they're 10 to 14, it's probably a middle grade book. Okay. That's a good clarification. And if you're new to Sort of Awesome, you may not know Katie Proctor herself is a middle grade (laughs) author. So she's definitely our resident expert. And Katie, what I love on your Instagram too, is you do a really great job of highlighting all kinds of middle grade books. And I feel like I find so many great discoveries through what you're sharing. You're a great middle grade writer and reader. And so we both have some middle grade selections that we're excited to share. And as you can imagine, especially that age range of like late elementary on through middle school, most every protagonist of a book is going to have some kind of school background right. setting. And as opposed to YA, which sometimes in a YA, a young adult, which is really, I think like high school, maybe through to early college, although now, you know, there's this whole genre with the label new adult, which Mm -hmm. kind of picks up in college and goes onward. But you really like in YA, school may just be like barely part of the picture, or it could be totally the setting. But in middle grade books, I feel like it's usually a big part of how the protagonist interacts with the world. So Mm -hmm. I love middle grade too. We both have a list. Let's start with what you thought of when you thought about middle grade novels that have that back to school and school setting. Okay. And I tried to just to say a note, I tried to make sure that these would be ones that you could read aloud with your kids if you have middle graders, 
we, I don't think we ever grow out of the age where we like to be read to. Mm-hmm. I still like to be read aloud too. So yes. these are great ones to read aloud, read as a family to get you back into the school mode or just to enjoy. But my first selection is actually a series and it starts with the book called Nevermore. And it's about a little girl named Morgan Crow. And it's kind of got some Harry Potter vibe. The first book isn't really set in school, but what she gets whisked out of the real world into this other world that she is totally unfamiliar with. She is told that she has some, maybe some powers. She has to go through these trials to get into the society that's going to then educate her and how teach her how to live in this world. So there are three books so far, but I've heard that it's a nine book series. Whoa. Yeah. So look for more. And they're so fun. They're so fun on audio. They're so fun on paper. She's just a really fun girl character protagonist that does all these adventure magic things. And it is set like in a school year kind of situation. So you kind of go through the, even though it's not in a school, the first one that's still kind of the pattern of yes in the time. So I love these books. I will buy every single one forevermore now because I just think the setting and the characters are really fun. I love that one. And so that's Nevermore by Jessica Townsend. By Jessica Townsend. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, sounds delightful. And then I have to reestablish my love for Gary Schmidt because he's just the best, but he has a, it's kind of their companion novels. So there's one called The Wednesday Wars. There's one called Okay For Now. And there's one called Just Like That. And these are, they're not a series necessarily because they don't continue and you could probably read them in any order. Although there is some kind of chronological order, but I don't think it really matters. But there is one character that's similar in each book. So it's the same world. If they're all set in the seventies, they all have really strong either teacher or like coach vibes happening Mm, in them. So there's a kid who's troubled somehow, and then a teacher or a coach, or even there's one with the librarian, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the librarian, and they just kind of come in and walk alongside this kid, wherever they're struggling. And then the kid kind of has a coming of age growth throughout the year. So I just love all of these. I don't want to get into the plot of all of them, but The Wednesday Wars talks about a teacher who teaches Shakespeare to this kid who is otherwise has a pretty bad attitude, but he ends up loving Shakespeare. This other kid has to move to a new town and he's pretty miserable. And this librarian teaches them how to draw these birds out of this Audubon Mm. bird society book. And so through the drawing, he learns a lot. And then just like that, the girl is grieving her she loses a friend and they send her to boarding school and she has to deal with like being away mm. from her parents, grieving her friend. And yeah. so just these amazing adults come side by side, but the book's still about the kid and how the kid is their own hero. And I just love all three of those. So couldn't not mention those. Fantastic. And that's Gary Schmidt. and Gary D. Book. Schmidt, yes. Okay, Gary D. Schmidt. Perfect. And then one new one that I just finished is called The Unteachables by Gordon Corman. And Gordon Corman writes a lot of great school setting books. So I'm actually going to talk about two of his, but The Unteachables is fantastic. And I did this one on audio. And basically, it's a class of unteachable children. These The school district has named them unteachable for whatever reason. One girl is kind of in that class by accident because she doesn't actually get registered for school. So she's in this random class. They give this class a disgruntled teacher who had something happen in the past that he's still not quite over. 
but he's about to retire. All he wants to do is just put his head down. He wants to get through the year. Yeah. And the superintendent really wants revenge on this teacher because he made him look bad a while mm. back, even though it wasn't technically his fault. So we have all these situations at play, but the kids and the teacher come together and they just like learn so much from each other. And it's just a really heartwarming yeah. thing that you can't stop. I love that one. I so love that. I love that just like sort of, golly, like bad news bears, any kind of like gang of like sort yes. of outcasts or whatever mm -hmm. that come together that unite. That's like one of my favorite tropes in a book or a movie, a TV show. I'm like, I need, I've got to read this like now. This one's good. It's kind of like a found family book, which is a trope that I find evermore that I love because it is a group of people who are unlikely to become friends. And then they become quite, kind of like a family throughout the book. So I love that one. That one's called The Unteachables and okay. it's by Gordon Corman. And then another one by him is called Restart. And this is a little bit older of a book. I read this one a couple years ago, but basically the premise is that this bully at school falls and he gets amnesia. Mm -hmm. So he wakes up and he kind of discovers that everybody doesn't like him because he's been mean, oh, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> so then he has to reckon with all the people that he's hurt in the past mm. while also realizing that he doesn't want to be like that. And yeah. he's trying to deal with his old friends mm -hmm. and seeing that he doesn't really like their behavior and kind of just the tension of this is who I was. This is who I want to be. I love the good new start kind of book. Right. I'll restart. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I thought it was a really interesting just story about how you can change and how you don't have to just because you're labeled one way at the beginning doesn't mean you have to do that be that for the rest of your life so I really thought that one was good and it would be a great yeah. one to read with yeah kids. definitely those both sound fantastic and I have not heard of him but now I am so excited to check those out so good and then one more series I want to mention is called the track series. And this is by Jason Reynolds. This would probably be for your older middle grade kids because there are some content things that are a little bit scary, like a gun gets pulled on somebody in one of them. But this is about a group of kids who are on a track team. So it's not in school, but it's taking place during the school year. Right. So there's four. There's one. The first one is called Ghost. And then there's Patina and Sunny and Lou. And all four of these kids have some kind of family struggle, economic struggle. Sunny is a little bit kind of quirky. And so people kind of make fun of him and stuff, but they come together on this track team. And the coach is just one of those really great mentors and adults that helps them kind of cope with a lot of things. I just love the social commentary in these books about what's going on with our kids and how we can support them. And I just think that this is a fantastic series. So I love that one. So great. So great. What a good list. Yeah. So that's my middle grade list. Okay. I have a lot of words on, about middle grade books too, because truly, like you said, Katie, these are not just for kids, although they're perfect for kids. Mm -hmm. But so many of these, I think I've cried in every single one of these that I'm going to yep. talk about. Middle grade authors, including yourself, have such a gift of creating story that, because listen, I have a middle schooler. Mm -hmm. Middle schoolers are skeptical of mm -hmm. everything and everyone. And they also think everything is lame. One of my middle schooler was telling me about her teachers this year. And she was like, well, they're all kind of dorky. <laughs> <laughs> so middle grade authors have this beautiful gift of creating a story that is inviting, that's emotional, that's powerful. And so many, 
the good ones do it in a way that really pull on your heartstrings a lot of the time and keep you engaged. And you have said this, other book podcasters and book people I've heard say this, if you're in a reading rut, grab a middle grade novel. It's going to be a short read. All of these that I'm going to talk about, you can sit down and read pretty much in one sitting as an adult. It's going to get you back into like, oh yeah, I forgot. This is why I love reading. Okay. Mm -hmm. So enough about that. But I do have to tell you that my middle grade novels have a theme. We're going with a theme within a theme, you guys. Yay. (laughs) All of the middle grade novels I picked are all written in verse. Oh, I love verse. Yes. I do too. And again, this makes for a really fast read. So if you have a reluctant reader, even though you may think they would be like, I'm not going to read something that's all written in poetry. A couple of these are not, that's not even rhyming verse. It's just blank Mm -hmm. verse, but it makes them feel so accomplished as a reader because you can read through it pretty quickly. It's beautiful writing. That's really going to engage with them as readers. And they're going to feel accomplished because they read a whole book, but it's not, it's, I don't know. There's just something about reading verse. I love all of these. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the first one is a book that I've actually talked about already. It's called The Crossover. It's by Kwame Alexander. Love that one. Yes. Me too. I love this book so much. I very first talked about The Crossover way, way, way back in August of 2017 in episode 108 of Sort of Awesome. Tommy Alexander is a very gifted writer and poet. And so again, the crossover is all in verse, some of it blank verse, some of it rhyming. I did this on audio. It's narrated by Corey Allen. Oh my gosh, I highly recommend. It's a great book for reading aloud as well, but the audio is really, really powerful. This book was a Newbery and Coretta Scott King award winner back in 2014 when it came out. So it tells the story of Josh and J.D. Bell, they are twins and they are sons of a former pro basketball player. And so basketball, especially for a protagonist, Josh, um, plays huge in the story. Now, you guys, I gotta tell you, I don't really like basketball or any kind of sports ball in general. Even still, this book is incredible. It really deals with life in middle school. Here's what I was thinking about, Katie, as I was writing up my notes for this book. It really explores what it's like to be a standout athlete, but it does it from the inner dialogue of our protagonist. Yes. Which I feel like a lot of times such a trope in literature, especially literature for kids, is that the sidekick or the friend is like the standout in something. And so you experience like, oh, I'm not as talented or I'm not as gifted or I'm not as good as this friend. But here in the crossover, you're experiencing the inner dialogue an emotion of Josh, our protagonist, who's really great at basketball and his whole life is like basketball. So you get his inner dialogue with all the thrills of it, the cockiness, but also the doubts, the joy. Tommy Alexander perfectly captures a 13-year-old's voice. It deals with, again, you don't even have to be into sports because this deals with things like sibling relationships, brotherhood, mm-hmm. family life, grief, fear, joy, the growth and the metamorphosis that we're going through in middle school. Mm, so, it's so good. good. So good. I do own this one in my Audible library. I think I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. I loved it so much. He has another one called Booked that is also really good. And I think that one's about a soccer player, but it's a really good. And it's also in verse. And that one was really good on audio too. 
Also, I was going to mention the crossover is being made into a TV show on Disney+. Plus. Had you seen that? I hadn't, but it's also a graphic novel too. If you have kiddos oh, wow. that love graphic novels, there's a graphic novel of the crossover as well. Perfect. Perfect. This would be such a great reluctant reader pick for mm-hmm. either boys or girls because it's just so engaging and it's just a lot of fun and also really touching too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Speaking of touching, whew, I'm going to try not to cry. My next selection is Other Words for Home by Jasmine Warga. So Katie, this was one of those hug the book at the end selections for me. Me too. Loved it. Um, Oh my gosh, it's so good. Other Words for Home, it was released in 2019. It had my heart from the beginning. It tells the story of Jude. Jude is a girl who has immigrated to the United States from Syria. So if you're new to Sort of Awesome, you may not know that Five years ago next month, I got to travel to Lebanon to report on the Syrian refugee crisis. I will link to that series that I put together following that trip in the show notes. But while I was there, of course, I fell in love with that part of the world and with the Syrian families that we got to meet. So, you know, I was absolutely obsessed with Jasmine Morga's book from the very first word. It's also written in verse, mostly in blank verse. It reads really quickly. But you guys, you're going to fall in love with Jude, our protagonist. She has already been exposed to American culture through movies and music. But then when she comes, so it obviously has to, she and her mother leave, leave behind their dad and the older brother of the family in Syria to come to America to stay with relatives because of the civil war that's happening in Syria. And so what we see is the immigrant experience through the eyes of Jude, who is a middle school girl who thought she knew a lot about American culture because of our movies and just basically pop culture. There's a lot of pop culture references here. Mm -hmm. So then she's in experiencing the realities of American culture. And sometimes it's fun, but sometimes it's really awful, especially for a girl who bears this label of being Middle Eastern and what she is exposed to as her classmates and peers are like picking on as middle schoolers do and those types of things. So in other words for home, we as the reader navigate both middle school and the immigrant experience. And I think that people will love this book because I think all of us know that home doesn't have to be just one place. Home can be more than one place and there can be more than one place where we find comfort and where we find belonging. It's so good. Okay. Made it through without crying. (laughs) So good, you guys. I love this book and I know you will fall in love with it too. Another one, going to try not to cry, Starfish. Oh, Starfish. By Lisa Phipps. Starfish gutted my life, okay? I just want to tell you, I love it so much, but it gutted me. It is. So good. Oh, I'm going to talk about the difficulties here in just a second, but if you have not heard of or read Starfish, it's a brand new release, came out this year, 2021. It's a debut novel from Lisa Phipps. It's also written in blank verse. It tells the story of a character you guys are going to love. Her name's Ellie. And Ellie has been so bullied about her weight that as even here she is a middle school girl, she's created what she calls fat girl rules. And there are things like you can't do a cannonball into the pool. Don't make waves. Basically, make yourself small. Don't Mm -hmm. be noticed. Don't be noticed by anyone A very difficult aspect of this book that I think will unfortunately strike a chord with so many readers is that the origin of bullying in Ellie's life is from her own mother. Yes, that was really, really Mm. hard. Mm -hmm. It is, it is. But sadly, 
very realistic. And I think that for both middle grade readers and adult readers, that is really going to be such a relatable experience. So Ellie's mother has her own issues going on with Ellie and Ellie's weight and seeing her as her fixer-upper project, like try to constantly trying to fix Ellie. Her dad, thankfully, sees the pain that Ellie is in, gets her started in counseling, and through counseling, she grows to understand how powerful and beautiful and worthy of love she is exactly as she is yeah. right now. So we see Ellie navigate middle school. Lord knows how awful those years can be for everybody. Mm-hmm. The bullying that's so real. I love that she finds refuge in the library. Oh, yes. In a librarian. Mm-hmm. So powerful. I do want to say that more than a few adult reviewers of this book wrote that they wish there had been a content warning for this book because it is so emotional. If body image has been an issue for you, if it was when you were in middle school and high school, or if it has continued to be as an adult, it's really brutal in places because, and Lisa Phipps writes this in her author's note, that she wrote a variation of every single mean thing people said or did to Ellie happen to me when I was a child. And so Lisa Phipps as an author has taken those experiences and woven them into our character Ellie's experience. And it's really realistic, Katie. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's a beautiful book. You're going to love Ellie. She's funny. She is so self-aware, so perceptive, but it can be difficult in places. It can really be triggering for people for whom this has been a struggle. I didn't know this. Maybe, you know, because you know more about this world than I do. This was originally going to be a YA book. So geared more towards high school audiences. Okay. And then they adapted it down to middle school because number one, middle school is when bullying really amps up. And also middle school kids, they're still kind of forming their understanding of how to treat others. Right. So anyway, I feel like I'm making this sound like a bummer. It's not. It's a fantastic book. It's so great. What I loved about it is just the normalizing of therapy and going to a counselor. And Mm -hmm. at first she's really hesitant to share any of her feelings and she has big feelings. She's mad and she's also proud of herself. And she's also just wants to be comfortable in her own body. And so those conversations, I think that she has with her therapist are really important for kids to hear, for parents to hear just to normalize that going to therapy isn't because something's wrong with you, but just because right. it really helps talk about big things that are important that maybe your parents can't help you out with at that point in time. Yes. So I really mm-hmm. love that aspect as well. It's a really great good issue. book. So great. So those three, the crossover, other words for home, and then Starfish all written in verse. There's one more I want to mention that is not written in verse, but it's a graphic novel, which again, so great for middle grade readers, especially reluctant readers. Graphic novels are books. Don't let anybody tell you differently. (laughs) Okay, I want to talk about El Defo by Cece Bell, which I know you've read too. Love this one. (laughs) And my seven-year-old has read it multiple times and loves it. Really? Yes, she keeps it by her bedside at all times. She loves it. That's so great. It's such a good book. So this is a 2014 book by Cece Bell about a girl named Cece who is deaf. Cece Bell herself is part of the deaf community. So that obviously informed so much of this character that she has created in Cece. So -hmm. basically, Cece is acclimating to life with a hearing aid, transitioning from a school for children who are deaf to a mainstream public school. She's, as you can imagine, very insecure about her hearing aid and what that means, especially with how she's perceived by her classmates and peers. There's a really 
fascinating to me moment, and kind of in about the middle of the book, where Cece, who's been really resistant to learning sign language because she doesn't want to everybody to look at her because mm-hmm. she speaks with her hands, with her hearing aid and being able to lip read, she can, in her mind, kind of pass as a hearing person. And so her mom finds this sign language class at church and really wants her to go. And the mom gets really into sign language. And so there's this conflict and tension because Cece does not want to do it. Her mom Mm -hmm. wants to. And her mom has been opposite of Starfish. Her mom is like this totally nurturing, supportive, amazing mom that you see the tensions within the family as the child who is deaf is struggling with the perception, even within her own family. Like, it's just so good. But again, it's a graphic novel and reads really quickly. It's really fun. You see this whole cast of characters in the friends, the neighborhood friends, what happens at school. It is just the most charming book. And, you know, we recently had Mindy Browse on the show talking about how Mm -hmm. we can, in our family culture, be more sensitive to people that have differences, kids with differences of all kinds. El Defo is a fantastic way to do that with kids because Cece, the character's struggles with accepting herself and being proud of herself and coming to understand right. that her difference is a superpower in and of itself. I forgot yeah. that that's like the main thing of the book. <laughs> that <laughs> That's where the title right. El Defo comes from, is that Cece creates this alter ego for herself, El Defo. Right. And by the end that she sees that, that her difference is her superpower. It's really fantastic, Katie. So I just love that one so much. I do. And I think part of her struggle with, you know, accepting it and then being resistant about sign language and things is because her hearing loss was brought on by an illness. So she started her life as a hearing person and then she got, I think it was meningitis or something. And so her hearing loss happened kind of abruptly and it was definitely a world shaker for her, but I love the positive spin she puts on it and all the fun things. There's the scene where she can hear her teacher going to the bathroom because Mm -hmm. she has the microphone on and it's the best. It made me laugh. So So good. Before we wrap up our middle grade list, you guys, you need to know that Katie Proctor's book, My Storied Year, is a fantastic middle grade book and kind of fits in with the theme of everything I've been talking about, about middle grade readers finding themselves in the pages of these middle grade protagonists. So Katie, don't feel awkward about it, (laughs) but I need to tell people if you have not read My Storied Year, you guys, this is the perfect time of year to read it. The protagonist is named Dragon Stewart, and he's a seventh grader who has dyslexia, and he also comes from a very challenging home life. His mom is sick, and there are things that happen, like sometimes the water gets turned off at home and other things like that. He's trying to take care of siblings. And so, as you can imagine, life is hard for Dragon, but there is a teacher. Oh, man, I'm going to start crying talking about your book, Katie. (laughs) There's a teacher named Mrs. Parkman, his English teacher, who through the power of books and reading and writing Mm -hmm. really allows Dragon to come out of his shell and begin to express himself through writing. So Katie, you actually, speaking of books with verse, you like kind of experimented a little as a writer with putting through Dragon and through his classmates in in this writing group that he's in. I mean, you were writing through your characters doing mm-hmm. some like first, how was that? You didn't know I was going to ask you this, but this is turning into an author interview. So here we go. <laughs> well, I actually tried to start. I wrote the whole book in prose. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe this whole thing could be a verse novel. And then that was very difficult. So shout out to all the verse novelists out there because that's yeah. a difficult thing to do. But Dragon, he kind of finds out that he loves poetry. And so he has these secret 
poems that he writes. And so that is where that came. So I found some of the more emotional, more powerful scenes and tried to just turn those into verse. Because what I like about verse, what I like about poetry is that you don't waste any words, right? So every single word is important and Mm -hmm. it's vivid. And so that's the way to get a really interesting point across really quickly. So I did have a lot of fun experimenting with that. And that was not part of my original plan, but I'm really glad that it ended up in the final copy of the book. Well, I loved this book so much and it's hard. I have a lot of author friends who write and I read their books and I'm like, I love it. And I'm always like, do I just love it because I just know them and I love them. And (laughs) you guys, seriously, to me as a former teacher, a former English teacher who I've had kids like Dragon in class, of course, Mm -hmm. and to see how interacting with books, reading and writing can be so formative and so healing for kids, especially who are coming from hard places. The way you capture that, the way the heart of a teacher who understands that is just really beautiful. And again, it's a middle grade book. It's a quick read, but it is one that's going to stick with you. Thank you, Meg. That's so sweet. It's so true. It's so true. Okay. We still have more books to talk about. So we've covered some classics. We've covered some middle grade. Hopefully we have you all sold on (laughs) picking up some middle grade novels for yourself and for your kids. We have even more books to talk about. So we're going to do that when we come right back. Hey friends, wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep or focus or act or just be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you to feel better. For example, if you're feeling overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Or if you need some help falling asleep, Headspace has these wind-down sessions that their members, like me, swear by. I was one of those people who was a little skeptical of meditation, but Headspace taught me what this life-changing practice is really all about, and it has hugely helped my mental and emotional health over the past year. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. Awesomes, you deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com awesome. That's headspace.com awesome for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal being offered right now, so head to headspace.com awesome today. Hey friends, running to the store has been pretty stressful lately and there's nothing worse than forgetting something on your list and needing to make multiple trips to the store. Shopping for home essentials should be easy and convenient and that is where Grove Collaborative comes in. Grove is the online marketplace that delivers healthy home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. Grove takes the guesswork out of going green. Every product is guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet. As you know, we here in my family have been fans and customers of Grove for years and years. In fact, I just finished up our monthly order today. And as usual, it's a blend of all of our necessary items like Dr. Bronner's and Mrs. Meyer's hand soaps and the more fun stuff we love to get from Grove, like our favorite Rooted Beauty face mask and, of course, our candles from the Grove Collaborative line. You can join over 2 million 
million households who choose to shop sustainably at Grove. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. Choosing products that are better for you and the planet has never been easier. For a limited time, when you awesomes go to grove.com awesome, you will get to choose a free starter set with your first order. Go to grove.com awesome to get your exclusive offer. That's grove.com awesome. Friends, when you need a doctor, you need a doctor now, not in a few days and not in a few weeks and definitely not in a few months. If you need to see an MD ASAP, we've got a solution. Just download the free ZocDoc app. It's the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, book an appointment via in-person or, and book an appointment in person or on video chat. Never wait on hold with a receptionist again. Whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, a dermatologist, a psychiatrist, an eye doctor, or another kind of specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Go to ZocDoc.com awesome and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to see a doctor. As you guys know, I hate making phone calls and making a phone call for a doctor's appointment is at the bottom of the list of things I want to do. ZocDoc makes it so much easier to make my health a priority. In fact, now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com awesome and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's ZocDoc.com awesome. ZocDoc.com awesome. Okay, we're back. So Katie, let's talk young adult. Now, Okay. anybody who listens to Sort of Awesome or has listened to any of our episodes in the past, for the past six years, you guys know I'm always reading a YA book. I love young adult books. They're so accessible, even for adult readers. They take you back to a time and place in your life where you are grappling, you are figuring out who you are, you're falling in love, you're getting your heart broken. You're dreaming of the life in front of you. There's so much going on in YA books. And again, these were really hard to choose, Katie, because like I said, almost all YA books are set in school or school adjacent. But each of us picked some of the standouts that we wanted to talk about. Katie, why don't you start us with your YA list? Okay, well, since we're talking about verse novels, I'm going to go ahead and start with one of those because you don't see these a lot in YA. Yeah. So this one's called The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo. And it's another novel in verse. It's basically about a teenager. She's grappling with her mother's conservative religious views and kind of coming into her own self and what she wants to do. So she takes to slam poetry Mm. as a way to process everything that's going on. So it's just a really powerful mother-daughter struggles, which is universal, and how she is dealing with that and how she uses poetry to kind of write her way out of some of the things that she struggles with. So that one's really good. I haven't listened to it on audio, but I just think all verse novels are great on audio. So yes. it's probably really great on audio, but it's a really good one to have in front of you as well. So that's The Poet X. And then another one that I had to mention also by Elizabeth Acevedo is called With the Fire on High. Now, this one is not on verse, but this one follows a pregnant teenager mm. who's dealing with life in high school. It's kind of after she has the baby. So she at the very beginning, you know, she has a baby. She's going back to high school. She kind of goes back and tells how her experience was when she started to show at school and how okay. that, that went down. 
she loves to cook. So there's all these culinary references in there. She has some recipes. You just are really hungry after mm-hmm. you read this one. Yes. And she just has a really great family and really great community that surrounds her, even though it's kind of tough to navigate life as a teenage mother and how that all goes down. So those two are really, really good, powerful kind of school setting books yes. by Elizabeth Acevedo. Yeah. And then another one that I love is called Simon versus the Homo Sabian Agenda by yes. Becky Albertalli. And this one, have they made it into a series? I feel like they did or a movie. I think this got made into a movie. I think. Okay. Yeah. So this one is about 16 year old Simon. He's gay. He gets outed when he sends an email to a wrong person. Like he sends it to someone who's not supposed to get the email. And then through the email relationship, he kind of gets blackmailed by this other email person who threatens to tell everybody if he doesn't do X, Y, Z. And there's a lot of musical theater happening because he's in the musical theater group. And then there's a lot of banter back and forth in these emails and just Simon coming to terms with who he is and how he fits into the school and the community around him. Yes. I love this one. I read that one a couple of years ago. I still think about it. It Me is too. one of my favorite YA reads. And Becky Albertalli is, I've gone on to read several more of her books. She has a lot. She does. Was this her debut? Maybe I feel like. I'm not sure, but I know that there's more books about Simon yes. or characters in the Simon book. So. Right. Yes. Yeah. She kind of has a little universe. She does a great job of her voice of her characters is, again, having teenagers, I can tell you, is super on par yeah. with what how kids talk these days. She's really spot on with that. So but she's yeah. a really gifted writer, too. Love that one. Okay, I have one more. And this one kind of blurs into that new adult thing because it does take place on a college campus. But this one is fantasy. It's called Legend Born by Tracy Dion. And it's kind of like King Arthur meets African-American root magic on the campus of University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. So she is younger. She's going to college early and her mom has just died. She's going to college with one of her good friends. And again, she gets thrust into this fantasy universe that she wasn't even aware of. She's a black girl in a primarily white setting. And it's kind of like a secret society, you know, wealthy families Mm -hmm. passed down from generation to generation, but she kind of gets entrenched in this community. And it's, there's a lot of action. There's a lot of fun stuff, but she's also like going to school. (laughs) So yeah, it is like an urban fantasy because it's Mm -hmm. fantasy happening in real life. It's not a totally different universe. It's real life, but then there's some fantasy aspects. And that one is really fun. I love the tie to King Arthur's court and how it kind of, that legend kind of gets flipped on its head Mm -hmm. from a racial perspective. So this one was a really, really fun read. Love it. Love it. Okay. I have a little YA list. I'm not going to talk about Rainbow Rail because if I <laughs> if I talk about Rainbow Rail anymore, I'm going to get fired from my own show. But this is not a Rainbow Rail fan account exclusively, although there's a lot. But truly, Eleanor and Park is such a staple oh, of YA book. reading. Mm-hmm. Totally great school setting. Carry On is one that starts out with the characters being in a magical boarding mm-hmm. school. <laughs> it's urban fantasy too. And then as the series continues, as the trilogy continues, it moves more into that new adult category. Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell, also new adult, takes place in college. All fantastic reads, but I have other picks. I do read other (laughs) authors. (laughs) This one, the first one I want to talk about, I think I maybe talked about years ago in Sword Awesome, but it's worth a revisit. It's called Bellwether Rhapsody by Kate Rukulia. 
And it's a 2014 book, so it's a little backlisty, but it's part YA realistic fiction and then part murder mystery. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> the setting is one of those that's not directly in school. The setting is technically and actually a creepy, but grand old hotel in New York called the Bellwether. But it tells the story of a group of high school band students who are there for a very prestigious high school music festival. So they all arrive. Of course, there's a blizzard going on. So that adds to the whole setting. Then the daughter of the very much hated, much maligned woman who runs the festival, her daughter is found dead. Or is she? (laughs) So if you enjoy quirky kind of twisty movies like Wes Anderson films, you will love this book. This sounds like Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah, it's like very, yeah, yeah, kind of parallel on that. I like that. Also, if you were kind of on the fringes of fitting in in high school, but you found your people in something like band or orchestra or drama club or like me in show choir, you will love this book. It explores the nuances of friendship in kids who are both really talented, but also view themselves as outcasts. And again, it kind of goes back to that whole thing of the band of the motley crew of mm-hmm. kids here kind of come together. Their unifying theme is that they're all, you know, talented instrumentalists, obviously. But yeah, if you kind of dig that almost like breakfast club kind of vibe, but yes, imagine it. it updated and in a creepy old hotel in upstate New York during a blizzard and there's a murder, maybe. <laughs> it's such a good read. So fun. I did this as a buddy read with awesome Kara Pence years ago. Now I'm going to have to go reread it. It's so good. I talked myself into rereading it. <laughs> Wait, so tell me the title again, because I'm definitely oh. adding this to my list. Yeah, it's called Bellwether Rhapsody, and it's by Kate Reculia. All right, that one's going on my list right away. That sounds awesome. Yes. Okay, my next selections are ones, I know you've read the first book of this. It's TJ Clune's The Extraordinaries. Yes. And flash fire. So you guys know, I just talked about The Extraordinaries earlier this year, January 2021, episode 277 with Laura Tremaine, actually. That was our Sharing Our Stuff group show. This was my awesome of the week. But just as a quick reminder, this is about Nick Bell, who is a high school student who has ADD. His mother has died recently. He has come out as gay. He doesn't realize he's in love with his best friend, he also doesn't realize a lot of things, Katie. <laughs> nope, he's pretty oblivious, but that's why we love him. Yes. He's great. His charming obliviousness is like the main thing to know about yeah. Nick Bell. But he writes fanfic like in his free time for the superheroes of Nova City. So this is like, would you call it urban fantasy? I guess because superheroes, yeah, I would are not really that. real. Right. Sorry to break anybody's heart, but. <laughs> It's very realistic, though. So the people of Nova City have just come to accept the fact that, oh, we have superheroes and supervillains, and here we are. I don't want to say too much more about The Extraordinaries because, again, I gushed about it back in episode 277, but that was the first book in what has become now a series from T.J. Klune. So the second book, I just started this, Katie. I have not finished it. It's called Flashfire. Just came out this summer. I'm reading it on audio again. It's narrated by Michael Leslie again, and he's fantastic oh, he's again. Awesome. And yes. He's so good. So good. So fun to listen to. It's really hard to talk about Flashfire without majorly spoiling the extraordinaries. Right. So I do want to say one thing about it, though, that was really, that is so far interesting to me. I'm curious to see how this plays out. Something that TJ Klune has done in Flashfire is tease out a thread from the first book, The Extraordinaries, and that is the fact that Nick Bell, our protagonist, his dad, is a police officer. 
Okay. He's a super great dad to Nick. He's very supportive, very affirming. Mm-hmm. He helps Nick to manage his ADD. He's really protective in a very loving way of his son, Nick. Well, in the second book, TJ Klune does something really interesting. He really explores the tension between police officers and people of color, particularly Mm. those in the Black community. And he brings that conversation into what that looks like, even in fictional Nova City. Right. Now, some reviewers have really not liked that. I have to say that if TJ Klune is writing with a high school audience and young adult audience in mind, not adult readers like us, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if he's really writing for Gen Z readers, I can really understand why he felt compelled to do this. Right. All of the Gen Z kids that I know, including my children, my daughters, are very, very sensitive to cultural conversations like mm-hmm. this. And so even though adult readers might feel like it's a little heavy handed or a little whatever, I can tell you that having up close and personal experience with teens, that they're going to want and expect for this. And this is not the whole point of the book, you guys. I don't mean to say that. I just wanted to point out this one thing because it's really hard to talk about the plot of this book without (laughs) being spoilery. But I do think it's really interesting to see an author interacting with and kind of growing and evolving with their audience. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is an important thing, an important social issue for kids in this generation. I just wanted to point it out that that was really, a, that TJ Klune really took a risk with doing that. And I see what he's doing in weaving that into the overall story of Nick Bell and his friends and family and what that all looks like. Does that make sense? It sounds so good. Yes. It's on my list. I just haven't gotten it yet. Yes. Well, tell me when you read it so we can talk. Okay, about I will. It. <laughs> the last one I want to talk about YA is actually the flip side of some of the superhero and fantasy stories we've been talking about. Now, this is a 2015 novel. It's called The Rest of Us Just Live Here by novelist Patrick Ness. Now, I had never read Patrick Ness before. Apparently, he's a prolific writer and author. Is he the one that wrote that monster book that everybody loves? Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay, well, this was my first Patrick Ness novel, and I loved it. But it explores what life is like when you go to school with the chosen one. Oh, when you go to school with the superheroes, when you go to school with the Harry Potters or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you're just a normie. You're just like a regular person. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's a great concept. Yeah, it is. I think a really interesting take on that genre. You know, one of the reasons I love Rainbow Rowell's Carry On is she's really trying to upend a lot of tropes from YA fantasy. And I think that Patrick Ness is doing something similar with that. So Mikey Our protagonist is a high schooler who deals with the realities of life with OCD and anxiety. He has a chosen family of friends who are also just normal kids in the background of what all these sort of superheroes are doing. So one thing that Patrick Ness does structurally that I think is so interesting is the first paragraph of each chapter tells the adventure of whatever the superhero kid is, just kind of gives you the narrative of that. And then that's it. That drops into the background And the lives of these regular kids come into the foreground. That sounds so good. It's really an interesting concept for a YA book. I think that the author, I think that Patrick Ness handles anxiety and some of the other things that the kids are dealing with really well. I say that as somebody who deals with anxiety myself. It's another great chosen family book, has all YA books are really explores coming into yourself, understanding yourself as your own character as the main character in your story, right? Mm -hmm. And it really does just kind of play with this idea of 
the background kids and that they all have stories too. And that you don't have to be a superhero to live an amazing life. Ultimately, I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. That sounds good. The last thing we were going to talk about, and we're running short on time. So Katie, I'm just going to let you kind of hit the highlights of this. Are there college kinds of books that would be interesting to talk about? Tell us what you found. So I just have two real quick, and these are for adult audiences. Okay. And so the first one's called Rush by Lisa Patton. And this was a modern Miss Darcy. Like she was obsessed with this book for a while. And so I was like, well, I should try it. So this one takes place on the campus of Ole Miss and it is pretty much just covers sorority life and drama oh, and yeah. how legacy parents get all involved with their daughters going to join sororities and who can be in the sorority and who doesn't get to be in the sorority. There's like a racial tension kind of situation with one of the women who works in the sorority house. And so there's all these different perspectives. My mom was a Chi Omega. And so what? Yeah, you were too, right? Yes. And so I <laughs> chose that. not to join a sorority. Yeah. Because that was just not my jam at that sure. point in my life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've always been kind of a little bit fascinated by what actually happens behind those closed doors. So this book kind of gives you that it's really Southern. There's a really strong sense of place on the campus and just kind of what goes on behind the doors yes. of the sorority house. So that one was really fun. Have you read it? Have you read it? I haven't. This has been on my radar and I always think, oh my gosh, that book was written for me. And yet, Katie, I haven't read it yet, but I need to correct that. Well, and I don't know, I don't have any insider sorority information, so it may not even feel true, <laughs> but I felt like it was really fun as an outsider to read about mm-hmm. that life. Yes. And then the other one, we're just going to have a TJ Klune like love fest here. But the other one is the house in the Cerulean Sea. And it's built for adults, but I really think a YA audience, even some more mature middle graders could handle this because there's nothing that I would call inappropriate in this book. But this is about a social worker who's sent to a school for magical children. So they have these things that are special about them. And he's supposed to go check it out because apparently the guy who's running the school is doing something shady. And so he goes and, you know, he kind of becomes like that found family kind of situation. This is just one of those books that you just want to hug at the end of it because it's just so fun and well-written. I can't believe I haven't read this one yet because I know you loved it. I know everybody. (laughs) I'm always trying to get Katie on TikTok, you guys, so that she can be on BookTok, which is where I find so many good book (laughs) recommendations and everybody on BookTok loves this book. You love it. I can't believe I haven't read it yet. Oh, my TBR stack, it's growing by the minute. I have got to get to this one too, for sure. Oh my gosh, you guys, this was a journey. Thank you for going back to school with us through the books, through the stacks that we have for you. Katie, if people do want to find you, your books, your writing, your recommendations, where is the best place to find you all around this wonderful World Wide Web? The best place is really Instagram. Katie Proctor writes and reads, and that's probably all I'll be able to keep up with in the school year (laughs) while I'm teaching. So I will keep sharing. I do a middle grade Monday recommendation every Monday. That's just a book that I've read recently or that one from my backlist that I love. So that's where I am. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. If you want to find me on social media to talk about books or anything, you can find me at Sorta Awesome Meg. And the show, Sorta Awesome, you can find it anywhere just by searching Sorta Awesome on whatever platform you're on, you'll find us there. So you guys, happy reading. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. 
Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.